0: Welcome back to Look In My Life. Story time. Episode three. Am I crazy? In season one, we talked a lot about my grandmother slash mother Mia. We talked about the family, her offspring and their offspring. And I I wanted to tell my story and lay the foundation down and I didn't want anybody. speculate about anything I didn't want anybody to lie about anything and I wanted myself and my feelings and my truth to be seen, to be heard to be known but this whole thing surrounding Mia is kind of like an onion, you know? There are many layers. So, as always, I like to start off any story with just a little backstory so you can get a full round story, for one, and a full understanding of cause and effect, which is very important. My grandmother, Mia, she had 10 children and five boys, five girls, and of this Of this group, multiple children of hers became addicted to drugs. And just on a side note, a mini rant. Bear with me. It won't last long. (laughs) That's a really good story. Just hang on. In the 80s, you know, crack was introduced to black communities and it destroyed families, it destroyed people, it destroyed children. And, you know, it's really messed up that the government not only had a part in it, but let it go on as long as it did. And pretty much still is going on. And that's the end of the mini rant. Um. So, because of this crack epidemic in the 80s, a couple of Mamiya's children by birth were affected by it. And her youngest daughter, who supposedly gave birth to me, is one of those who were afflicted by the crack epidemic. And so... Yeah, my mom would tell me stories of, you know, she had bought a, a brand new answering machine and she had left it on her dresser in her bedroom. And she would look at the box every day and she finally decides to set it up and gets the box and it's empty because one of her crack addicted children stole it. She's told me stories about how when she would do the laundry and hang out the clothes, she did it with her purse, you know, hanging off her shoulder. Can you imagine? Hanging up clothes in the summer with your purse strapped because you have multiple children addicted to drugs that will steal from you. And with multiple children. Some were living with her, some was passing through, And I've already talked about in season one how the chick that supposedly gave birth to me, how she has stolen things from me personally that I personally remember um, due to her addiction to drugs. So I said all that to say I can't imagine, you know, what goes through a person's mind. Well, more specifically, what went through, you know, Mamiya's mind, what type of trauma that caused, you know, looking at a box thinking you got something and finally open it and it's stolen. These are kids that you gave birth to, your children that you love that are addicted to this drug And willing to steal. From their own mom for it. I know that that caused. Trauma. And she probably had some form of. PSD. PTSD. From it. And. Over time it did. Get worse. Even when the. Drug addicted children were gone. I can remember from being a small child up into when Lemia died pretty much um, you know if something say she had a comb on the table, and I went to go eat at the table and I moved the comb to you know, the living room or something, you know, she come, oh my God, where is it? What happened to it? Who stole it? Did you steal it? And, you know, I think that was definitely a form of PTSD from all the trauma she went through with those children stealing from her. Um, There was always locks on doors. She was really, really big on that. She always had um, a chain lock on her door. And, you know, as I got older and if we moved houses or whatever, I started being the one that picked them up. There was a padlock always on every linen closet that she had. And, you know, I definitely think it was a form of PTSD. And, you know, she was highly paranoid. And I started getting accused of stealing things by her as early as well my first memory I was 10 10 or 11 years old um my grandmother was working as a nurse's aide and you know you're a nurse's aide everybody has their own locker and my grandmother had a sum of money in her purse. She went to work. She came home and, like, woke up the next day and checked her purse, and it was missing. So, due to all the trauma of her crack children, I'm not saying that to be rude. I'm just trying to crack addicted, okay, be PC for a moment, whatever, you know she automatically thought you know whoever's here and it was just me and her so she said oh you stole it you know and i'm like 10 11 years old i'm like what <laughs> and she was really upset and i was really upset because i'm like i know i didn't steal anything out of your purse let's make a long story short Um, After a couple of days, more and more people at her job were getting things stolen from their lockers. So come and find out that there was a thief at the job who somehow found out how to pick locks or whatever. And was stealing people's stuff when no one else was around. Uh, That's like the first incident. But there were, over the years, you know, being a kid, being a teenager, being a young adult in my 20s. I mean, even when I turned 30, you know, which is recently some years, a couple years. There's always been accusations of stealing things. And, you know, this was an ongoing thing with us. And it was really crazy. Like I said, I do believe it was a form of PTSD from her children stealing from her over the years when they were addicted to drugs. And it just damaged her mentally and emotionally. And as per usual... I end up getting stuck with the fallout, and, you know, it just went on and on, and it never stopped. There was one time, I'd say I was about 16 or 17, when he was in the kitchen cooking, and, you know, sometimes you get distracted, you're cooking, you may accidentally throw away a fork or a spoon while you're cleaning, you know, because you like to clean then cook and clean and cook, so one time she's like my ladle's missing you did something to it now me and a cousin of mine we're in the living room and she's cooking and she's like you did it you did it i know you did it to me and i'm like no Mamiya, i didn't steal your ladle why would i steal a ladle and every time she would say something was missing you know i just got so used to it at first it used to really hurt me like when i was 10 i was so devastated i cried myself to sleep that night but around like 16 17 like it had been going on for half a, over half a decade you know some kind of desensitized with it i'm used to her accusing me of stealing shit that i know i didn't touch so I was just like, you know, I mean, I didn't touch it. And I just, me and my cousin kept on watching the movie. And then usually when I would just act nonchalant about it, because that was my defense mechanism. Um, then it became, well, if you didn't really steal it or do anything to it, you should at least act like you care. And you could get up and you could come. And you could help me search. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. So I get up and my cousin helps me and we search the kitchen. And couldn't find it, and, you know, something just came to me and was like, check the garbage can. We had looked everywhere else in the kitchen. I checked the garbage, I go through the garbage, and lo and behold, you know, how sometimes cooks will dump stuff in the sink, like, you know, eggshells, yada yada, whatever, and then once they're finished, pick all that junk up and then throw it in the trash can, which I'm assuming is what happened, because the ladle was in the garbage, surrounded by like food stuff that she had just gotten finished cooking and working with and so I find it and I hand it to her you know I'm expecting her to say I'm sorry or thank you and I got none of that so me and my cousin we go back and we're finishing our movie up we're still watching a movie laughing talking with each other and lo and behold she's like it, the ladle's gone again. You stole I know you stole it this time. You're probably mad at me because I accused you of it the first time. You did something with it. And then this time, you know, it was less than an hour later. So I just get up and go to the garbage can. And as I suspected, that's where it was. Pulled it out again and handed it to her. Didn't get a sorry for accusing you. Didn't get a thank you. And, you know, that's just one instance of how crazy it got. And just over the years, and the thing about it is, you know, she would call people call my uncle in California, call her friend in Carolina, call this other friend in, you know, Atlanta or wherever in the South. And like, literally tell people, like, Elise is stealing things, and and it was really bad. I remember even one time, one of the times, one of the many times, my Aunt Lachey, well, she's not that no more because she's dead to me, but anyway, for the sense of the story, while well, she was living with Mamia. One of the many times that she did in her 40s. Um, We were all sitting downstairs and she asked me to go upstairs to her room to get something. And, you know, as I'm going up the stairs, I'm going up them somewhat slowly. But as I've said before, like I have supersonic hearing. It's ridiculous. I hear everything. Everything. So I guess I had disappeared from their point of view, but I actually wasn't finished going up the stairs. And I literally legit heard Mamiya say, well, why did you send her up? You know, she steals or some shit like that. And I heard Lachey say, well, she steals something to mine. She don't know what's up. And, you know, that was number one. It was embarrassing because back then I really cared about Lachey's opinion of me and I cared about her even though she was a bitch about it at that time also she didn't defend me she just threatened me (laughs) and you know I was really hurt that Mamiya would say that about me and this is when I was like 20 or something because I remember like I brought down what it was that Lachey asked for and she said thank you and then was being like fake sweet to me or whatever And I just grabbed my stuff and walked out the door and went to my apartment. So I had to have at least been 20 by then. But as I said, it's been going on. There's so many instances from since I was 10 years old of accusing me of stealing things. Well, actually, one thing I really do want to highlight, because this went on for years so I said when I was 10, then I talked about when I was about twenty, twenty-one. But this happened to me, this new story in high school. So my grandmother had this plaid coat and, you know, it was like an old lady plaid coat. And she had this um, poncho it wasn't like one of those cute ponchos with like the thin material and it kind of stops at your waist like those are cute um no it was like a 1970s thick heavy polyester um poncho that went down to your knees and i mean it was god ugly in my opinion i mean you couldn't have paid me to wear that And according to her, it went missing. And of course, she accused me of it. And, you know, she didn't just get on the phone and call the uncle in California or one of her friends in the South. And tell them about it. Like she actually contacted a person in my school that was my friend that i was really close to she actually called this girl named Delena that was my, like my best friend at the time and was just like yeah this coat is missing have you seen it and according to her she says that Delena actually said yeah that she saw why would i take two coats to school for one let alone a god awful poncho that looks like it came from 1974 I mean, yeah, this is the 2000s, early 2000s, but nobody would have worn that in the 2000s, especially a teenager. So I talked about 10 and I just talked about when I was like 16 and I talked about when I was like 20. So this it's just been going on for years. And... This was something that would always occur. She would always accuse me of stealing stuff or destroying stuff, and you know when you when you cook on a stove on a daily basis. My grandmother, Mamiya, she loved to cook. Um, you know any stove will get wear and tear on it, but you know this is a Southern lady. So, of course, she has cast iron skillets and by then her health was um, deteriorating and, you know, she used to sit in her walker and she'd, you know, pick up from the lower cabinet where these cast iron skillets were and she's sitting down and then lift up, not stand up, but just lift her arms up and like kind of bang that heavy ass, like for real, for real cast iron skillet on the stove so, of course, the stove had, like, little nicks on it and stuff. You're banging, like, a five-pound cast iron skillet on top of the stove. But, no, not according to him. Yeah, she accused me of, like, nicking it for whatever reason. I don't know what kind of pleasure I would have gotten from doing that. And, you know, we live in apartments, And I'm just like, there's never been a time where I was in the kitchen that you weren't in the living room or in the bathroom that's really close to the living room. So if I'm doing something to wear out the enamel, you know how thick stove paint is? You know how hard I would have to have been banging or cutting or whatever? And it's just like, you know, it's so crazy. It's insane. It's crazy, insane, and insane crazy. And I mean, just going through that and going through that. And then it was just like other random stuff. Just like the craziest random stuff. If she found a shirt and it had a hole in it, it wasn't a moth that did it or an accident or a rip or wear and tear or whatever no I did it. she would go around telling people I'm cutting holes in shit so you got stealing shit you got cutting up the stove you've got cutting holes in clothes that she accused me of doing and this has been like all my life from 10 on up and you know within the last decade like even though I had said in the first season you know we did get closer the last 10 years of her life but there were still many many problems and I never ever tried to sugarcoat anything you know I love my Mia and I don't have a problem with saying that I did and I think in her own way she loved me too she was all I had and she cared about me and she protected me and you know she stood by me and also there were times and this is what i'm getting into of us not getting along she accused me of shit that i didn't do but like i said i think she had some type of ptsd and as she got older you know within the last 10 years i think she did have like a light touch of dementia i was I just want to make sure that I talked about this because this whole podcast is about me being as transparent as I can be and none of what was discussed in this episode takes away The fact that, you know, after having 10 children, her youngest child at 13 gave birth to a child, you know, when she's supposed to be getting ready to be done with child rearing and she decided to take me, you know, and not have me go into a foster home. Now, I'll always be grateful to her for that it doesn't take away you know the fact that I know that even though we really had some bad times with each other but we also had some amazing good times with each other and there's not a doubt in my mind that she loved me. There's not a doubt in my mind that I loved her. Was it complicated? Was it hard sometimes? Yes and yes. And my biggest hope, one of my biggest hopes for Mamiya, besides, you know, her finally finding peace. You know, in the spirit world, her soul being at rest, is that, you know, now that she's gone, I hope she knows now that, you know, all of the things that she accused me of, the stealing, the cutting stuff up, you know, the other stuff that I haven't even mentioned I hope now she knows that it just wasn't true. And that's the biggest hope that I have next to her being at peace and at rest. Is that now she has the answers to the questions that she has. That now she knows that I'm not what she thought I was that I was not doing stuff like that to torture her or whatever she thought and it's really sad that you know her children put her through so much turmoil that you know it led to that and as always I'm the one left carrying the bag of it all the brute of it all But I hope that now she knows the truth. I genuinely hope she does. And you know, when our souls meet again, hopefully she'll know And we can put it all behind us. I wanted to talk about this and include this because I don't want anybody thinking that you know as they say as the phrase goes cherry picking I'm not cherry picking parts of anything I want to be as transparent as possible you know in the first season I talked a lot about the love that we had and the fact that we were all alone together and that's a big part of her story of my story of our story collectively but there were some bad times I'm not embarrassed and I'm not ashamed or anything to admit it and to talk about it, it doesn't change anything, and you know it is what it is. you know there were we like I said, we had great times, great times, but we also had bad, and I'm not saying anything to you know bad mouth her or anything like that. This whole thing started from me. Wanting to tell not only my truth, but the truth, period. You know? And I'm not telling a story from my perspective. I'm literally just telling the story. I'm not sugarcoating anything. I'm not trying to make myself look, look better and anybody look worse or anything like that. So I have to be true to how I started this and as long as I'm doing it as I said this podcast is my last will and testament I am always going to tell the truth not just my truth but the truth literally exactly what happened and you know, I'm very thankful that I can do that. As I said, that's one of my biggest wishes for Mamiya in her afterlife is that she realizes that the things that she accused me of were not true. And there's always going to be love. There's nothing but love for her over here. And this was actually supposed to be. The third. Episode. In my story time season. And I battled. With myself. About if I should post this or not that's why this is now going to be the 22nd episode instead of the third because I was seriously considering not even not even making this episode I was going to delete it and I came back this is the one only episode ever that I've edited. And I will admit that I did take some stuff out that was just a little bit too personal. And that stuff, maybe I'll be brave enough to talk about eventually. But... what is still left of this episode it's nothing but the truth and you know even with editing it I debated if I should release this but I have to be true to what I started this podcast for As I've said many times just this one episode, and I want to say it one more time, not just to tell my truth, but to tell the truth. So I wouldn't be true to myself. I wouldn't be true to this podcast. I wouldn't even be true to this episode if I did not publish this and tell the truth, you know? I don't want anybody thinking any bad about her at all. She went through a lot. She really did, you know, and I can't stand 50 Cent, but there is a line from one of his songs. You know, I got to get to heaven. i done have been through hell, you know. And that's how I feel about Mamiya. You know, I know she's got to be in heaven because she went through hell. And what's so sad is that a big part of that hell her kids took her through. And she was so damaged by that, that she thought that I was doing it, and I was not. I'll say it one more time. It's one of my biggest wishes for her in the afterlife, in the spirit world, is that she now knows the things that she accused me of doing that I did not do. I hope you know that, Mia. I really, really do. This has been Looking My Life. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for taking the time to look in my life and see what I see. I'll be back very soon. See you.